It's me. It's me. It's the D-O-double-G, the road dog, Jesse James. And by my side, as always, is that B-A-double-D-A-double crooked letter, badass Billy Gut. Together we are the New Age Outlaws. And you're listening to the VOC Nation. And if you ain't down with that, he's got two words for you. VOC Nation provides live daily streaming shows where fans have the ability to interact with the hosts and guests by phone call, email, and Twitter. VOC Nation hosts include the legendary Ken Resnick, you probably remember from the AWA and WWE, former WCW performer The Maestro, Wes Briscoe, who you probably remember from Impact, Brady Hicks, who you remember from Pro Wrestling Illustrated, former WWE and TNA star Shelly Martinez, and former Philly radio personality Bruce Wirt. VOC Nation's two most popular shows are Wrestling With History, featuring Ken Resnick and Bruce Wirt, streaming live on Wednesday nights at 9.30 Eastern, and of course In The Room, featuring Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Brady Hicks and WCW alum The Maestro. And by the way, both of these shows take callers live during the show. What are you waiting for? Go listen live right now at VOCNation.com and subscribe to all of our podcasts by searching for VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. Oh, and follow them on Twitter, too, at VOC Nation. It's Tuesday, it's 3 o'clock, and you know what that means. Time for Shelly Live with your hostess with the mostess, Shelly from Cali on VOCNation.com. Thank you there, AJ. He is the man with the plan. And what's the plan? The plan today is Tuesday. It's time for Shelly Live. Yep, that's right. I'm losing my mind over here. I'm just trying to vamp over here. No pun intended. (laughs) You know, it's so interesting. I had no idea what I was going to talk about today here on Shelly Live on the VOC Nation. Then I had a conversation, which we'll get into in a little bit. And that conversation at first, when I first was having it, inspired me. I even told my homegirls, like, look, I didn't know what I was going to talk about today on my podcast. Now I know I'm going to talk about uh, what we're talking about right now because I kind of went into a little bit of a rant about some people in wrestling. So I know all of you nosy, nosy people out there would just love some of that cheese mess. So I'll give you a little slice in a little bit. But um, then I was like, okay, cool. But then we continued with our conversation, and then it got very deep. It got very, very deep. And not only did the vibe change, but after our conversation, which is literally hung up like two minutes ago before I went, I was like, dude, I got to go. I, um, my podcast, I got to call in. In like two minutes, I'm going live. And... um that's just what's up, you know, that's what, that's what happens in life. And that's what I love about, um, you know, I was, I was going to say working from home, being a content creator, you know, you can just kind of go with the flow, but I feel I've always kind of been that way, you know what I mean? And it's crazy because even though I go with the flow, there's a lot of times I get stressed out. And a lot of times people have told me, you can't just go with the flow. You've got to be organized or else, you know, you're going to get stressed out. That's why you're stressed out. So then that's when I've been like in the search for like the perfect balance of going with the flow in the sense of life's going to throw you things. Sometimes it's things that you plan for. Sometimes, most of the time, life throws at you things you are not ready for. Things that you didn't even know were going to be in your life or your future, or whatever. So 
I don't know. It's just so crazy. Like I was thinking to myself um, during my conversation, I was like, it's so crazy. Cause at first I was kind of fired up, you know, because here I am talking to a homegirl freely. So I, you know, there's my release of just like, you know, how certain people make me feel and this and that, the things we're talking about. And so it kind of put me in those moments, you know, and I felt like I was right there when I was sharing my experiences with her. And so when I mentioned that I was going to talk about it today on the show, I was making, oh my, you know what it is, you guys? <laughs> I did it again. I was like, am I on mute? <laughs> am I been talking and I'm on mute? Okay, so real quick, pause on that. For those of you who are new to listening to Shelly Live or this is the first time listening to it, I did, like, my second podcast here with Shelly Live. Um, I had my <laughs> I had it on mute, and I did the whole podcast that way, and I had no idea, and I got super deep. It was, like, it was really intense. And, um, <laughs> and so now I always have that phobia, and, like, I just looked at my switchboard and I was like, wait a minute, am I on mute? Okay, we're good. (laughs) Anyways, so, you know, my energy going into what I thought I was going to do was like kind of give you guys a little bit of achievement just to make it fun. Like, yeah, I was fired up, but not like angry, angry, like just kind of like, yeah, F that versus I'm so effing pissed right now. Like whatever these people, like it's not even like that. You know what I mean? But I just thought it'd be kind of fun just to, like, oh, Shelly rant, do, you know, play it up a little bit. But by the time we got at the end of our conversation, it's, like, so much has, like, processed and we've moved forward. It was almost like I didn't care anymore, you know? All the stuff that we were first talking about and venting about, it didn't mean anything anymore because, what we ended up talking about that was that was like the entree, you know. The little cheese meal was just the the appetizer, and I just think it's really cool because the reason why I didn't really know what I was going to talk about for today's show is because last night I don't know if you're following me on social media. But I was up until four in the morning posting and editing content for my Secret Society, Shelly TV, uh, my premium OnlyFans, and YouTube. And I was just going for it, you know. And, you know, this morning when my alarm went off, <laughs> I was like, dude, there's no way I'm going to be sleeping. Like, I just slept, like, for an hour there's no way I'm going to, like, wake up for the day. So I told myself, well, okay, no matter what, I know Fred Mertz is going to wake me up, aren't you, Freddie? For his uh, breakfast in the morning, I usually feed him at about 7.30. So sure enough, there was Fred Mertz nudging me away, getting all antsy. So I fed him, and then after he was done eating, um, we went back to bed. And I ended up sleeping until about 11.30, and I had some food. And then that's when me and my homegirl started talking. And then, you know, here we are. So I kind of like it that way, though, because there's been times where I've totally done, like, a big old outline for the show. 
And I didn't end up talking about like anything that was on that outline because it just organically went somewhere else. You know, it was Lucha style, baby. (laughs) And that's what today is a very Lucha day. So I hope you guys have been um, enjoying your week so far. You know, it's only Tuesday, tomorrow's Wednesday, halfway there to the weekend. Right. (laughs) And then there's Thursday and then Friday. Yay. It's Friday. The weekend's here. And then we do it all over again. Isn't it crazy? It's like, but you know, it's fun to look at, look forward to things. Like on Tuesdays, we always celebrate Taco Tuesday here in Casa Martinez, Mart. And it's something that we all look forward to, you know. And I just, I know it's a small thing and it's simple, but I really love Taco Tuesday because it's just kind of fun to just make things festive. You know, we're living in a time right now where everything's all weird. And who knows what the hell's going to happen to all of us. You know, one thing that I do know, people, is I'm going to have Taco Tuesday tonight. (laughs) And I just think it's freaking great. So I tip, you know, just the tip, if you will. Don't be afraid to be excited over little things. I feel like sometimes when people are like, oh, it's just Taco Tuesday or, oh, you know, can't really go anywhere, so just drink at home, I guess. You guess, just make it fun, you know. You just got to make with what you got. And I'm like the queen of that. I've always been that way since I was a kid. Like, I can make do. I'm a type of person It's very hard for me to get bored because I can always find some way to amuse myself. And I don't know. I don't know if it has, I know it totally has to do with the way I was brought up. Um, I've talked about this before. My mom was very, very strict and I didn't get to really do anything. So me and Danielle would just like have little parties in our rooms and, you know, sometimes just make it kind of fun when we would watch TV even like we would do this whole thing where if we we're getting like a soda, we would make it fountain style, quote unquote, <laughs> you want it fountain style, like just little things like that, you know? So it's like, I guess what I'm saying, I did a YouTube video on it. So go to my channel. You can find it, uh, youtube.com forward Shelley Martinez channel. Um, I did a video when the corona first was like, you know, we're getting locked down. Things were getting, we were really strict and stuff. Like my whole life I've been preparing to be on lockdown because I've been on lockdown my whole damn life. <laughs> Whether it was growing up with my mom or the psycho boyfriend I had for five years in high school and then outside of high school and then wrestling, wrestling took control of me for a long time. Like I've always been like all locked down, (laughs) you know, that's why I get so upset about being censored. It's like, damn it. Don't you try to censor me? Tell me what to do. That's the thing too. I have a real problem. Do you guys ever get like this? You don't like being told what to do, but it's not like, Oh, I don't like being told to do what it's more like, in a kind of like a petty sense, and this I, it bothers me that this kind of bothers me, but you guys let me know. Tweet me or give me a call and let me know if you can relate to what I'm going to say. So, for example, when someone will tell me, like, let's say they tweet me and they'll be like, follow me. It's like, at least ask. I don't like that. Like, right away, that just rubs you around. Follow me. Or recently, somebody in a live stream of mine, um, they personally knew me back in the day and they had joined one of my sites and I was having a live stream and I was welcoming, they entered the room. So I welcomed them into the room, the chat room. 
And then they were like, like a riddle, like, oh, it's your old friend. Okay, well, who? <laughs> I've got a lot of old friends. And then they're like, look at the picture. And it's like, why can't you just say your name? Or if you don't want to say your name, be like, you know, from like when we were kids. It's like, I don't know why, but like, that bothers me. Like, don't tell me what to do. Like, if I'm not doing something right and someone's giving me instructions on how to do something right, that's different. Or, you know, that, that's just a whole other thing. But to be like, just don't tell me what to do. I don't like that. Oh, when people say smile, don't tell me what to do. Don't tell me to smile. You know, I can't stand that. And then it's like, see, I'm getting all worked up. <laughs> So now that I'm getting all worked up about people telling me, that's what's one of the things I can't stand. I remember one time um, I was walking to the store to get some coffee, and I was in Jersey. And I was there for wrestling. I had a boyfriend that was in Jersey. So whenever I would wrestle in Jersey, um, I would try to stay there a little extra longer just to hang out. That was like a long-distance thing. And unfortunately, and this is something that, like, I sometimes struggle with. I have guilt that my grandma passed away the day that I was supposed, or the day that I was coming, flying back from Jersey to California. And the next day was the day that I was going to go to the hospital and see her. And Danielle had told her, because she was in a coma, just wait till Tuesday, Shelly's coming. And she ended up passing away on that Monday. So, I just was like, oh, my gosh, because my whole life, my grandma and Danielle were, like, my consistent, like, positive energy people in my life, you know? And to lose that, that was huge for me. And because, you know, me and my grandma, we really had an awesome friendship. And I really, I tweeted about this not too long ago. Um when I was, was that psycho boyfriend I was just talking about that I had in high school and then out of high school, when I did some topless, oh, I talked about it here, right? Duh. Um, when I did the topless modeling, um, he sent the pictures to my mom. He printed them off of the internet and it's like sent them to my, like he put them in our mailbox. And so I didn't know that my mom got them. But the reason why I found out <laughs> was because my grandma called me out on it. I'll never forget. I went to pick her up because I was going to take her somewhere to go eat. And when she got into my car, she was like, she brought it up. And it was so funny because she was like, you know, so-and-so sent pictures to your mother. And they said, pictures? What pictures? And she goes, you know, you were, like, she, like, kind of whispered it, like, <laughs> and it's so funny because like my family unless that there unless some of the family members I have will be nasty about it like since we've been adults like way into our adulthood here they'll they'll say crack to me here and there but for the most part especially when I was doing the topless and nude modeling um, no one said anything to me except my grandma and Danielle they were the only ones that would say anything so I thought that was really awesome and such a great example to me and who I am in my life because, you know, you know me, I always got to say something. And I just thought that was really powerful. So I just want to share that little moment with you guys. But anyways, um, oh, man, I went way off track here, didn't I? 
how did it get to talking to the topless story again? Okay, my grandma. Oh, yeah, the boyfriend. So when I was walking to, like, I just didn't know what to do. So he wasn't a coffee drinker. So um, I was like, you know, I'll be back. I'm just going to go for a walk. I'm going to go to the coffee, go get some coffee. So when I was walking to the store to get it, this guy, um, he was, like, kept trying to get my attention, but I was ignoring him. And when I was leaving the store, um, I remember I just bought some lighters because I had some joints that I had rolled. And I was like, dude, I just, like, I need this right here. And um, the guy was looking at me, and he was like, you know, you should smile. How can you not smiling? You're such a pretty girl. And I looked at him, and I said, because maybe that's because I just found out that my grandma died. So I don't feel like smiling. And it was true in that moment. And that's, like, after I experienced that, like, raw moment, bothered me even more when people say just smile how come you don't smile there's that smile like because it's like why like I don't always have to smile I typically do smile a lot and then here's another thing I remember years ago I was doing the gig who's this at my house over here I think someone's going to come to the door right now they better not but um so I had this gig and it was in downtown LA I can't even remember what it was and I remember there was a lot of downtime. And um, when I was just standing there, I remember I had hit my pin. So, like, you know, I had that going on for me. And then I was just feeling really, really good because I felt kind of like, what's the right word? I just wasn't having a good time at this gig. I just wanted it to be over with. I was looking at it really as just being, like, easy money it was just one of those things where I'm just like a pretty girl in the background. So there was nothing really to it except stand there looking cute, which, okay, cool. So I was standing there by myself smiling. (laughs) And the reason why I'll never forget this, I was smiling was because I had realized that even though I was like over it or whatever, after I had gotten done, it was like a, um, a lunch break is when I went to have uh, my smoke. And so when I came back and I was all medicated, I remember I was just like, you know what? Like, I'm going to turn my energy around. Like, it's cool. At the end of the day, I'm getting paid to be here. There's a lot of downtime. So really, I'm just getting paid to, like, sit around. So you can't really beat that, especially because I was getting, like, behind the scenes stuff, you know. So it's like, for me, it's like, oh, I'm kind of getting paid to, like, not only just do this little part and be all the pretty face right there, but... I'm able to get a lot of content too. So I really like just kind of stopped being negative about the situation and turned it into a positive. So I couldn't help but smile. And then I would love people watching. I don't know about you, but I love to watch people and how they interact, especially when I'm on something like a set or something like that, or in wrestling, like I'm backstage and, you know, in the locker room, I love watching people just interact it's like you could just tell so much especially when they don't know you're watching yes I'm that creep but like you really learn a lot you know what I mean I used to love doing that in WWE I would go into that freaking um the stands and just watch all this stuff go on it was awesome you know so um you know when I was there and I was just absorbing the situation and I was like watching people it just kind of made me happy. I was like, you know, it is what it is. It's Hollywood, baby. Like, it's fine. 
And I was just really enjoying myself. And so that's when the security guy was like, so you're just going to, like, stand there and smile? <laughs> and I was so, so thrown off because I was like, dude, I'm, usually it's dudes when you're like, smile, why can't you smile? Then this. And I looked at him and I said, yeah, yeah, that's what I do. And I just kept smiling. <laughs> so, damn it, you can't win either way. God. Anyways. So uh, let's go into the cheese mess. So well, let, me, let me take a sip of my coffee. So me and my friend, we were chatting, kind of going back and forth on the text before we got on the actual phone. And it's so interesting because when I was sharing with her some stories that, like, she didn't know the details of, it really took me back to these moments. And it's just so interesting. Like, for example, we were talking about this gal who, let's see, how can I, how can I put it in a general way? She's just being a fake and phony online, right? Fake and phony, phony baloney to the max. But if you don't know this gal, share a locker room with her, you don't know who she really is. But she comes off very fan friendly. The fans love her. People book her a lot. Like, but <laughs> I know who she is. <laughs> so we were talking about this post that she had made not too long ago because um, people were circulating it around, retweeting it, and that's how I saw it. And, um, you know, it was just one of those things where, like, I told a story about how, you know, this girl wasn't very nice to me, and I kept trying to just be kind to her, and even though I would see how she conducted her personal life, it ain't none of my business, you know? I wasn't trying to be buddies with her by any means, but the more notoriety <laughs> Notoriety. <laughs> Here we go again. The more she builds herself up in wrestling, the more she was just bitchy to me. It started off, she was super cool. That's how it always is. Oh, my gosh. How is WWE? How is it like? How is OVW? It always starts off that way. And then... I think, oh, what awesome girls. And like, yeah, da, da, da. And then when they start to rise up in their career, all of a sudden they look down their little snotty noses down at me. And it's like, bitch, you were kissing my ass. And I didn't even ask you to kiss my ass. So, like, did you even mean all that stuff that you said? Because you kind of look like you did. So, like, why are you looking down your little snotty nose at me? Kiss my vampire ass quick. But then they would be like, oh, they're young and da-da-da, whatever. And so, like, I would try to be just kind of uh, whatever. But then time goes by. They're not that young girl anymore. Now they're a little older. They know better. And still, the looking down the nose, the little attitudes, the little just busting on in, and just with the little looks and the side eyes and all this, get the F out of here. So this phony baloney girl that was like that towards me, um, you know, I thought, like, what did I ever do to this girl? And by the by, like, 
I whenever her name gets brought up or I see her like get retweeted or something like that, there's something I think about. Now there is a promotion that she would work with a ton, and I had only gone to one of their shows ever, and they were a pretty well known independent show or company rather. And I remember at the time she had this very serious boyfriend. Everyone knew that they were together, and he was looking for her. And I never will forget it. I remember his face; like he didn't know where she was. Like I don't know the details, like about their relationship or them or whatever. I just knew what the facts were, and the facts were is that they were a couple. They had been a couple for a long time. It was a serious thing, and he had a look on his face like he was freaking out, and I didn't know what it was. And then I had asked somebody, and they were like, oh, he's looking for his girlfriend. I almost said her name right now. <laughs> he's looking for his girlfriend. And then much to my surprise, the reason why he couldn't find her is that girlfriend was in the parking lot banging some dude that she's still with to this day. So... When I brought that up, I was like, so that's how this gown conducts herself. That's her business. So why does she feel like she can look down her snot, you know, give me the side eye and all this, when I'm not doing that to her and she's over there being shady you know and I get it there's a lot of people out there they have open relationships that's different I say if no one's getting hurt and there's honesty all across the board you do whatever works for you but this was not the case that's why that boyfriend like now granted I don't know if he cheated on her and it was just one of those things or there were those couples that just cheat on each other and maybe he deserved it I don't know but what I do know is She's a bitch to me. <laughs> and what I do know is that little fake and phony, baloney little post to make her look like she's still Miss, Miss Perfect over there. <laughs> I ain't buying it. But it's just one of those things where that was the beginning of my conversation with my friend where it was just like, you know, they always had this kind of vibe, and we're just talking about different, that this certain clique of people, and this girl was a part of it, and just how shady it was. And then I talked about, you know, when I got kicked out of the last wrestling school I went to, and how that really affected me. You know, I've talked about it here before, um, some, and you know, it's just one of those things where, not it just didn't affect me because like, oh, I got kicked out. But I'm pretty unclear of why I got kicked out. I'm unclear of why the um, there's two owners, it's a husband and wife, why the wife has this, like, issue with me for so many years, like, because I've known her for, like, almost my whole wrestling career. And not only that, but I don't think she is aware that um, when my name has been brought up in their wrestling school when I was in WWE, um, she would say little comments about how she didn't like me when people would bring me up, like, oh, you know, Ariel or whatever. Oh, you mean Shelly? You know, things like that. 
<laughs> like, why? What's it going to be? Like, what did I ever do to you? And for me, it was one of those things where before she had the wrestling school, way before she had the wrestling school, and I just knew her through being on shows together back in the day before WWE, I thought she was my friend. I confided in her in some things. I shared some things about myself with her that, like, I just was very private about and whatever. And then it seemed to me, because I was doing the timeline of knowing this gal to my friend, and I said, you know, it's crazy because the turn was here in California. um, Are you guys familiar with the comedy store on Sunset? It's, like, really famous. So there's the comedy store, and what used to be across the street from the comedy store was the House of Blues. Um, Now, I think the building's still there, but they, like, went out of business a couple years back. So... This was like, I definitely was getting looked at by WWE. I don't remember the exact timeline, but it was like mm, within a year of me getting signed, this happened, okay? So for what whatever reason, she was kind of in charge of, like, letting the girls, like, on the show know uh, what we're going to be doing. It was going to be at the comedy store. And it wasn't a normal wrestling show. It was more like a paid event. Because um, they were doing this whole Andy Kaufman tribute thing. You guys are the ice cream man. I wonder if it's a chocolate taco. That's the big story. <laughs> or the big question for me. You got a chocolate taco over there? <laughs> Do you take ATM cards? Probably, right? So she was like, you know, it's going to be this Andy Kaufman show. There's going to be a bunch of like famous people, comedians, and Hollywood people. And they're going to start off at the house of blues and then um, they're going to make their way over here to the comedy store. And we, it was all gussied up. Like if you're in TJ, like in Mexico. So, and we're going to have like a little like mini lucha show. And then Jerry Lawler was going to be there to do his little bit, whatever. So all of that happened. And then she said, uh, make sure to dress to impress. I'll never forget that. And so after we put the ring up and everything, I had asked her if she wouldn't mind taking me to Hollywood Boulevard because I needed some shoes because she said dress to impress, so I brought this outfit with me, but I needed shoes for it. So she took me, but the whole time we were there, she just seemed like I was the biggest burden. She was all upset, and I was like, well, why did she offer to take me? You know, because prior to – I told her I was going to need shoes, and she said she would take me. So maybe – she regretted like saying that she would take me. I really wish she would have just been like, Oh, well it's too much. Like whatever, but she didn't, maybe she felt obligated. I don't know. So then when we got back, you know, we had the show and everything. And then after um, everything was said and done, I changed and I changed into this really awesome outfit. And uh, it was a black dress, really cute. And she just like, looked at me, and I can't for the life of me remember what she said, but I just remember saying, you said the dress to impress, and ever since that time, she's never been the same to me. Now, there's been moments where, like, when I came back to California, I was here for a bit, and then I started training, and then I started going to her school, that, like, that friendship was, I saw it rekindled, and I looked at all that other stuff as kind of like, Oh, we were young, like, who cares, whatever, like, I miss my friend, right? And so I felt I built this friendship again, 
But then when I had some, like, issues with, the, like, this guy, long story short, I thought he was my homeboy. He was not. I called him out, and I, I pretty much confronted him about an issue. I felt like he wasn't being my friend, and he told me, it's just wrestling, Shelly. It's just wrestling. So when I went to training, I was in a bad mood because my feelings were really effing hurt. And I walked in, I said, I'm in a very bad mood today, you guys. So I feel bad with whoever does drills with me. So then when we, um, our trainers, Los Luchas, shout out to them, were uh, telling us the drill, I said, oh, I know who's going to be my partner. And I called out the guy who I thought was my friend. And I said, let's go. Remember, it's just wrestling. It's just wrestling. Let's go. And he wouldn't get in the ring with me. So then the next day, that's when, um, the uh, female owner wrote me this message on Facebook saying that like I was negative and nobody liked me and that they were only, they only tolerated me, um, you know, out of respect for her and the school, her husband. And it sucked. And for me, going to that Los Luches class really did a lot for me. It wasn't just about the wrestling that was like the primary reason why I was there, right? Like, I I wanted to be in, like ready for the weekend, and it made sense. I'll never forget um, Roland Alexander from um, up north in California when he did a podcast, RIP, with Colt Cabana on Art of Wrestling. One of the things he said that stuck with me was how football players train before you know, game season, and they train to get into it. So how come wrestlers feel after a while they don't have to go to training when they feel like, oh, you know, I don't need to go train. And it's crazy because some of my peers would be like, why do you go to training? Like, why? Or when I'd be in their training, they'd be like, you know, you don't got to be all bumping like that. And it's like, what are you talking about? (laughs) And some of the stuff that we would work on in Los Luchas class that was awesome because they would integrate awesome lucha moves with like the American style wrestling. So it was really nice. And, you know, when you figure out the formula, how to do it, it's pretty basic. It's just manipulating your body. And I just love that. I'm fascinated with just manipulating your body to do things that like you just shouldn't, AKA became a wrestler, you know? So a lot of those things I would throw into my matches, like, something that would look really cool to me or something that I felt like I really connected with, like a certain move or whatever, I would just keep going over and over. I'm like, dude, I'm totally going to put that in match this weekend. And it was really awesome to like challenge myself that way on the weekends uh, when I would wrestle wherever, because it's like, I wasn't just doing the same old, same old, like it was stimulating to me to be like, okay, I just learned this this week. Let me try it out. And especially when it worked really well, it's like, ooh, this is going into my whole set of moves. You know what I mean? So there was that. But more important, it was all about just getting there, getting in the ring, physically getting there. At the time, I didn't have a car. And so what I would do is I would take the metro, ugh, Good old L.A. Metro. I would take it to Union Station, and then I would take another Metro, and then I would have somebody pick me up at the um, train station, 
and then I would go to training. So that's how it was at first. And um, it was rough because especially when you get to the downtown area, you got to watch your back. So there was that. Um, I've gotten into it a couple times on that journey to where I was like, oh, my God, is it going to go down right now? Like, crap. It was intense. But, A, that's just what I had to go through, you know. So it was a lot mentally to just physically get there. And sometimes when I'd get there, I'd be so exhausted just from that alone. And then when you get there and then you start, like, rolling around, it's like there can be times where your mind, like, these tricks on you. You're like, oh, I'm just too tired today, da, 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 all the excuses. But then when you push through all that, something else happens to you, like, internally. So there's that. And um, it really just challenged me because there's a lot of people who my whole wrestling career and some still continue to uh, just want to have this whole narrative that, like, I just suck, like, I don't know what I'm doing, da 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 And it's fine. People can have whatever opinion they want. But, like, it doesn't bother me. But at the time... It bothered me in the sense of, like, not like it made me feel bad about myself, but just in a, like, you know what, let me show you what's up. Because when you fools over there are saying, why did she even go to training? And then they're the same fools that got to be like, oh, da, 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 Shelly sucks. Like, whatever, dude. And I know a lot of people didn't realize that, I was in a tough time in my life, like I said, having to take two different metros just to get to training. Like, that's stuff that you're, quote-unquote, supposed to do when you first start becoming a wrestler, not when you've already, like, been on TV, blah, 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 blah. So then when I ended up getting my car, it made things easier, but I do have driving anxiety, and it's crazy because I love to drive, but then, like, I have moments where, like, I get freaked out because mine and Danielle's dad died in a car accident when I was, we were younger. So I'm always thinking about that. So a lot of times I would just be like dragging my feet to get going because I didn't want to drive because the training was kind of far from my house. And then I would get there and it's just like all a mind thing. It's all a mind thing. And so the fact that I was able to conquer all of those shortcomings, my weaknesses that I was trying to deal with in my personal life, having to be forced to face some of those things at practice, that was really making me a stronger foundation of who I am and what the kind of person I wanted to be that I knew was there. I just didn't know how to get to that girl, you know? And so when I got kicked out, it at first, I was like, okay, well, I guess I just want to find another place to go train. But I couldn't find that magic anywhere else. And then that's when, like, my snowballing of, like, just do my, should I be doing this? Like, blah, blah, blah. And ultimately, I decided I'm just not going to do wrestling anymore, not pro wrestling. So it's so interesting to me because when I think about this gal, First of all, I have no bad feelings towards her. And there's been times where, like, when I've been drunk, I will write her on Facebook privately 
and there's times where it's like, I just, I'll always love you, bitch. <laughs> Things like that, you know? And it's never been about disliking this girl or hating her or anything like that. It's always been like, what did I ever do to you? Like, I just don't understand. And I know in life, a lot of times there's that happens with, we don't understand. It's like, what's the problem? Like, especially when you didn't do anything. Like a lot of times maybe that happens, but you kind of know what happened, but like, what the hell happened that day on Sunset Boulevard? Is it because of the shoes? Like, I don't know. Like, I'm so confused, so confused. And that's the thing that's been eating at me for so long when I think about this gal is, A, you, like, I felt like she took away something that was like my therapy. And then it would turn into, what did I ever do? Like, what's the problem? Wanted to talk. Like, you know what? There's like, I think I have to say, and that's okay. So I guess the moral is like, if, I don't know who needs to hear this, but it is so hard, so hard to let something go when it really, truly hurts you in a way that's just deep. And I feel like I don't regret any of the energy that I spent upset over this or whatever because it's helped me to be who I am today to where when I talk about this girl, it doesn't make me angry or want to cry or, you know, because those are the two things for years I dealt with. I got I would get angry or want to cry. And now I'm just like, it just is what it is. And that's just like my whole wrestling career and as a whole is like all the bitching, moaning, and complaining that everyone hears from me has always been about people hurting me or disappointing me. But that's life. And... I'm going to continue to be very transparent about my journey of just, I guess you would say truly letting go of a lot of this stuff because I've been able to have, I guess, that way of thinking, not because I'm just so great and I have all the answers. No, it's because of the people in my life or the people who I've met and had conversations with, and they relate. And then they share with me how they, why they relate and their story and how they relate. And it always seemed like the people who would share that stuff with me were, like, where I wanted to be. Like, you know, with, like, for example, like this girl. Like, I wanted to be in the mind space where some of these conversations I had, they were when they talked about their experiences. So now I am. So now I want to pay forward. And that's why I was even sharing today with my homegirl all of these stories. It wasn't to be all little tackling hands, to gossip. It was, it was to share, like, these are the things that went on, and it's A-OK. Like, that girl, the, 
Isn't that a group that just look down their little noses at me? It's all right, because at the end of the day, I haven't got nothing to talk to you about with them anyway. So why bother? And then with the other chick who kicked me out, it's like, I'll always love her, always. But that doesn't mean I need to have her in my life. That doesn't mean that I need to have some kind of, like, conversation or whatever. It's just a lesson. All these people are things like, look at the corona. Like, this is effed up everything in life, right? But it's like, it's a lesson. Whether we like it or not, we're being taught a lesson. And it's up to you to pay attention and try to see the lessons they're not always so clear or to bitch moan and complain a a like i said i've been a bitch moaner and complainer i'm not saying don't do that you gotta let it out you gotta feel i'm not saying oh just keep. that's the thing people always think oh you know um sorry danielle just text me i'm not trying to say like oh you know don't let it bother you you just can't i hate that that just makes me so like resistant to what you're saying when I'm going through something. It is okay to be mad, but just don't let it take you away from life, you know, at least not for too long. I feel like a lot of the stuff that I've gone through, it really put me in a bad mood for, I would say, about the last three and a half years, you know, And then before that, I had a good two years that was leading up to that real bad mood. So I had year one, which is like, oh, F F everyone, I'm over it, to then phase two, which was year two of that, which is like, you know what, no, seriously, you can all kiss my ass, I'm done. And then in year three, that's when I was like, "Mm, why even bother? Year four, when I decided I was going to just end my own career in professional wrestling. Year five, accepting everything that comes with that I decided to end my career in professional wrestling. And then for like six months, I started to like kind of come back out of it. And now... I totally see all the lessons and everything, you know, like this narrative that I myself have put out there that I got fired because Dave Batista didn't like me. It's part of it, but that's only a part. I mouthed off to too many people. So I'm sure they were just like, you know what? She's a wild card. We don't know with her. She got into it with this dude. Maybe that's why Johnny Ace was like, how dare you talk like that to top talent? Maybe it's because that wasn't the first time, you know? I'll say this on, should I say it on record? Should I? (laughs) I'll say one. But before the Batista thing, I did have some choice words with Shawn Michaels. I don't like that guy. And after him, I had some very aggressive words 
with one of their top guys. That one I'm not going to say. I just feel in my gut, nah. Then the Batista thing happened. So, yeah, that's probably why he used those wordings because that was the three strikes you're out. Three top male talent, you're going to do that too? No, you're out of here. And that's fine. That is fine. And it's so cool because something like I never put in these kind of words before was when I was telling my homegirl, I was like, you know, at the end of the day, being there brought me Ethel, which I said here before. And this is the part that I said that I've never looked at it this way until I said it. Because I was just so in the moment, the words just came out. I said, oh, God, I'm going to cry. Ethel was my destiny, not them. And it's so true because now that I'm saying because I typed those words, right? So now I'm saying it out loud. And I'm going to say it again. Ethel Merck was my destiny. WWE was not. It was just part of me and who I am and my journey. Because my time, if you look at it, my time with WWE was so small compared to, like, my whole career, right? And my whole career after WWE, most of it happened because I was in WWE and I built that character and I got, you know, I guess that D status. <laughs> the D on the, from being a top A wrestler, I'm like a D. Then that's fine. Got booked, you know, but um, so like it. I'm not saying that it didn't continue after I was gone, but that again was just part. Of, look, I decided to end my career in wrestling, but Ethel continued to be in my life, and Ethel continued to be in this journey with me. And because of the challenges that we had to face with Ethel and her health and how much help she needed towards the end and then her death, it just really changed me as a person and like her love still inspires us here in the house and we talk about how Ethel inspires us still. That was my destiny. And I always tell people at the end of the day, yeah, it was cool. I got to be a vampire because, like, I am a vampire, so, like, that's awesome. And I got to be a pirate for one night. But, like, I really feel my main purpose being in WWE was, like, move to Kentucky and get Ethel. Because having her and Fred, it's like, like when we were on the dog whisper, for those of you who don't know, yes, indeed, you bet your boots we were on dog whisper. One of the things that Caesar made very clear was, you know, if you can get through to being the pack leader with your animal, it's going to help you in other areas of your life. And when I started to look at things like that and have to, and it's been a journey. You know, I still have my moments where I get frustrated with Fred and then I feel like a jerk because it's like, oh, what? 
like he's being a jerk. He's not a person to where he's being like some asshole that's like, oh, I like falling down. Like it's just like he can't walk well sometimes, a lot, you know. But it's like a lot, you know, and it continues to change me as a person. And when I deal with the Mertzes throughout the years, it's helped me with people, you know. I remember Caesar was like, okay, so what you got to do is, you know, you got to own your energy. And then he would tell us, like, even before going into the room that they're in, if you feeling anxiety, if you're feeling overwhelmed, whatever, you got to take that deep breath just before going to reset because they can feel that energy, right? And you can't be the pack leader if you're not carrying that energy. And so I started applying that to people. And it was like a joke with me and Danielle. We would say, oh, we got to correct them, like Caesar says, a little, you know, that leash he has, that kind of like, he, he kind of like, pulls a little bit and then it like makes them act right. That's what we like. Oh, we've got to correct them. We've got to correct them. And it helped me with my anxiety with dealing with people. And so that's why I truly like believe that Ethel was part of my destiny. And I'm just so grateful for everything, even all the ugliness, the crap that I've been through and you know, me being so transparent online about my feelings and emotions and how that's gotten me in trouble. And that's like a whole other thing too, you know? And it's a lot. But like I said, I don't know who needs to hear all this, but like after getting off the phone with my homegirl, I was just like, I need to share this today. Like I was, like I said, I was going to make it kind of fun and poking fun that we were just like talking about these toxic people in wrestling and I was going to kind of make it like a joke and entertaining, but like, man, that energy just shifted. And I felt like, you know what you, I just never know who's listening and who needs to hear what I have to say, or if not for nothing, maybe you guys just find it interesting. I don't know, but it just really weighed on my heart that I needed to share what I was doing like right before I was talking with you guys. And it was so interesting because my friend, I almost felt like when she was telling me some things that she was going through, I felt like when I was her and I was dealing with the same things and I had someone like Francine to be there and relate and understand. And again, I want to pay that forward because if I, Specifically, didn't have Francine. Um, I think it, things would have been even harder for me, like straight up. That's why I just cherish my my friendship with Francine so much. I love her so much. You know, she's somebody that's become a consistent in my life, and it's so funny because, or not funny, but. You know, things happen sometimes, and when people just surprise you because you're used to being let down, it's such an awesome feeling. Um, When was it? Like last year sometime, I felt like Francine wasn't really there for me for something, and it hurt my feelings, and I didn't know how to feel because she's my one of my consistents, you know? So I brought it up to her. 
I was really nervous because I, like I've mentioned many times, I actually don't like being confrontational. I just can't help it. <laughs> so I was really nervous. I thought it was going to be a whole thing. And then she was like, oh, my gosh, not at all. And then she shared with me what she was going through in her personal life at that time. And it made sense. She couldn't be there for me at that time. <laughs> she had all this other stuff going on, and it made sense to why I felt she was kind of absent. And it's because she had her own stuff going on. And I was so glad that I had said something and that, and I knew that her not taking offense to what I said and genuinely feeling bad, I knew she wasn't like dicking me around. You know what I mean? Because sometimes when I have confronted friends in the past where I felt similar or something like that kind of happens in some way or another, they seem to get real defensive and then they try to kind of, twist it like it's me and all this. And so that's what I was kind of preparing myself for with Francine. I was like, okay, she's, I got to be prepared. And I, I don't want her to think I'm attacking her because I love her so much. But, like, this is just weighing on me. And like, I'd want her to tell me. That was the thing. I would want her to tell me if, if the situation was reversed. So I was prepared. And it wasn't even that. She was just like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. And she felt so bad. And then after that, she kept checking on me about what was going on with me. And she continued to. And now to this day, even if I'm being sarcastic and it seems like maybe I'm being serious and I post something online about being upset, she was one of the first people to hit me up just to make sure. And so it's like, that's that's a friend right there. Because you're going to have your falling out. Just like my friend I was talking to earlier. We had a falling out a couple years ago. We were mad at each other. And then we've had, you know, passing words here and there that were like, whatever, I guess you could say friendly. But it wasn't until when Ethel passed away, she hit me up. Because there was a time that my friend, um, she lived with me and Danielle the Mertz's when she was um, in between places. She lived with us for a little while. And so she lived with Ethel too, you know, so it meant a lot to me that she reached out and the things that she had to say, you know, she has a little dog too. So like, we were kind of just like, it's like, she's like our cousin. We're just like all living together in a one bedroom apartment with two dogs <laughs> or three dogs. I'm sorry. So, um, and never since then, like we, and then she's even been like, Oh, you know, brought up when we had our little, fight and like we've talked about things here and there and I know like we'll continue to talk about things and heal but the point is is like again that's a friend where you're going to have moments where you're going to have disagreements or whatever and I feel like for me in the wrestling world I thought I had that with a decent amount of people but it turned out that it wasn't a long-term case. And so a lot of times when I talk to especially younger uh, gals that are in wrestling, a lot of them start to feel that and they get discouraged or feel very lonely. And I don't know. That's why, too, I wanted to talk about all this because 
not everybody gets that or it takes them a while to find that friend, that person, or sometimes they don't even find it because being a wrestler is a really weird job to have. <laughs> it's not normal. Like even in crazy ass Hollywood, like I, it's almost like I, I'm a parlor trick to people when they're like, do you know this girl's a wrestler? A wrestler, what? Like WWE, like, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's a weird thing like it's not common and with it not you know even like actors and musicians and people in entertainment they get a kick out of all of it. oh wrestlers oh like you know even if they're not into wrestling they think it's so cool because at the end of the day wrestling is freaking cool let's be honest you know wrestling is cool like to oh, it is I don't have to tell you guys why you know so it's like to be in that world and then to find yourself in similar situations or whatever that I talk about, it can feel so lonely. That's why Grizzled Aunt Shelly's here, to be your Thea, lay it down for you, <laughs> to tell you like it is. All right, I'm going to take a little commercial break. When we come back, uh, I'll take your guys' calls. How about that? I have a couple people on hold. That number is 657-383-1666. Again, 657-383-1666. I'll be right back. This is Lance Storm, and if I can be serious for a minute, you're listening to VOC Nation Worldwide. VOC Nation is one of the longest-running wrestling podcast networks, having started way back in 2010. VOC Nation provides daily streaming shows where fans have the ability to interact with their hosts and guests via phone calls, emails, and Twitter. VOC Nation hosts also include former backstage interviewer from both AWA and WWE, Ken Resnick, former WCW performer The Maestro, former Impact performer Wes Crisco, Pro Wrestling Illustrated contributor Brady Hicks, and former Philadelphia radio personality Bruce Works. VOC Nation's two most popular shows are Wrestling with History, featuring Ken Resnick and Bruce Wirt, streaming live on Wednesday nights at 9.30 p.m. Eastern, and In the Room, featuring Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Brady Hicks and WCW alum The Maestro. Both shows take callers live during the show, and recent guests have included General Adnan, Tito Santana, Haku, Earl Hebner, Danger Sandy Davis, Jimmy Hart, Ricky Steamboat, Brodus Clay, and so many more. Archive-free content includes past interviews with huge names like Hulk Hogan, Jesse Ventura, Kurt Angle, Sting, Mick Foley, Joey Styles, Howard Finkel, and so many more. Listen live at VOCNation.com and subscribe to all the podcasts by searching VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. And be sure to follow these guys on Twitter, at VOCNation. Rock and Roll Union for the past two years has been the place for rock and roll, new rock and roll, debuting rock and roll, and some of the old classics as well. We have welcomed guests from around the world, national artists and more. We have excited many people by our live events. We've welcomed everybody into the fold, and we continue to do so on a weekly basis. Guys, that is Rock and Roll Union, and that is what we do for you. Saturdays, 6 p.m. Eastern, VOCNation.com. Wakey, wakey, eggs and bakey. The morning after, right here on the VOC Nation radio network. Brady Hicks and... Homeboy Rap Boy here. I tell you what, we got a good show right here in the afternoon at 12 o'clock. 
Eastern Standard Time on the VOC Nation. Talking wrestling, football, news, whatever's going on in the world today. VOCNation.com. Each and every Thursday night, check it out. WCW star Stro Maestro takes you on a journey. It's WCW Retro. Talking old school match of the week. Talking dream matches. Taking your calls and looking back on an incredible career of acting, entertaining, and wrestling. Check it out. VOCNation.com. WCW Retro. Be sure to call in Thursday nights, 9 Eastern, on the VOC Nation Radio Network. The worldwide leader in entertainment. This is the VOC Nation Radio Network. Guess what, you guys? Winning Seasons returns at my bookie. Bookie. <laughs> winning season means doubling your first deposit. Winning season means Survivor, Super Contest, and Squares at my bookie. Winning season means hitting all your parlays and props with your feet up, watching your team trance their rivals. Rejoice. It's time to celebrate the NFL season. Are you guys down with the NFL? Mm-hmm. Well, if that's the case, then you should invest your intuition. If you use the promo code VOC Nation, all one word, no spaces, and you will double your first deposit. New players get up to $1,000 in free play, designed to add more excitement to your sports that you love and the games that you bet. From live betting to championship features, every play you want to make is just waiting at my bookie. It's simple. All you got to do is make your picks, win big, and then collect your cash. Who doesn't want to do that? Make sure to use the promo code VOCNATION, again, all one word, no spaces, and you can double deposit. Your winning season begins today only, only at my bookie. This is Matt Hardy, and you are listening to the VOC Nation. Rock and Roll Union for the past two years has been the place for rock and roll, new rock and roll, debuting rock and roll, and some of the old classics as well. We have welcomed guests from around the world, national artists and more. We have excited many people by our live events. We've welcomed everybody into the fold, and we continue to do so on a weekly basis. Guys, that is Rock and Roll Union, and that is what we do for you. Saturdays, 6 p.m. Eastern, VOCNation.com. Since 2012, HIC Talk Radio has been bringing you the best of independent wrestling and wrestling on the worldwide scale with interviews and other segments now featuring the Wrestling Historian with Craig Legon every Thursday night at 6 p.m. at VOCNation.com or go to your Android or iPhone and type in VOC Nation Radio Network and subscribe to the greatest wrestling podcast network in the world. Listen to HIAC Wrestling Podcast today. VOC Nation provides live daily streaming shows where fans have the ability to interact with the hosts and guests by phone call, email, and Twitter. VOC Nation hosts include the legendary Ken Resnick, you probably remember from the AWA and WWE, former WCW performer, the maestro, Wes Briscoe, who you probably remember from Impact. Brady Hicks, who you remember from Pro Wrestling Illustrated. Former WWE and TNA star Shelly Martinez. And former Philly radio personality Bruce Wirt. VOC Nation's two most popular shows are Wrestling With History, featuring Ken Resnick and Bruce Wirt, streaming live on Wednesday nights at 9.30 Eastern. And, of course, In The Room, featuring Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Brady Hicks 
and WCW alum, The Maestro. And by the way, both of these shows take callers live during the show. What are you waiting for? Go listen live right now at VOCNation.com and subscribe to all of our podcasts by searching for VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. Oh, and follow them on Twitter, too, at VOC Nation. Wakey, wakey, eggs and bakey. The morning after, right here on the VOC Nation Radio Network, Brady Hicks and... Homeboy Rap Boy here. I tell you what, we got a good show right here in the afternoon at 12 o'clock. Eastern Standard Time on the VOC Nation. Talking wrestling, football, news, whatever's going on in the world today. VOCNation.com. The worldwide leader in entertainment. This is the VOC Nation Radio Network. Welcome back. You're listening to Shelly Live here on the VOC Nation. Of course, I'm Shelly, and I'm going to take your call. Hey, a couple of you hung up. Why? Are you shy? Don't let shyness be your old guapo. Caller 804, what's your name and where are you from? Hey, this is uh, Stellar Steven from Virginia calling in again. Hey, Stellar Steven, how's it going? Uh, Good. Uh, It was an interesting show today. Um, It was was neat hearing uh, some of the discussion about some of the WWE locker room stories, backstage stories. Um, That's what I do. I'm I did want to ask you guys all the teeth now. I did want to ask, um, like, I'm sure you kind of mentioned it earlier, but was it difficult being outspoken backstage? And it, it, I, I hear the term "walking on eggshells" a lot. Is that a common thing back then? You know, yes, but here's what here's the thing, Stephen. So. I used to always think, like, especially the last, like, like maybe a couple years after um, I got fired, I used to always think, like, that's just how it is there, right? Like, that's just how WWE is. That's just how WWE is. But then, like, when I went to TNA, it was, like, a watered-down version of that. And, like, we've talked before. I think I've even been on the phone with you talking about it on um, taking your call is – you know, that's why I was I was able to have more fun personally there because, like, I kind of laughed at, like, if they think they're, like, WWE, okay. So there's that. And then when I went to the Indies and saw that that was an even more watered-down version of what goes on, it's, like, all one and the same. So I just kept thinking it's just wrestling. That's just how it is. But then continuing to life, especially after I decided to not wrestle anymore, that's just how life is. Like, you go to any business, like, whatever. A point in case, you know, I've talked about before. I used to do entry for General Electric back in the day when I, like, first started wrestling. And there was a woman there. She had an issue with me. I remember my boss. He's my friend to this day. I love Joey Gallo. Um, he told me once, he's like, you know, Shelly, if you just close her door, there's no witnesses to anything. I was like, you're right. So, so she was rude to me, you might... and I said, and I was just like, you know what? Um, you don't. I'm not asking you to be my friend. You don't even have to like me, but it's called office etiquette. And the fact, because she was like a manager in a different department, not mine. I said, especially from a manager, like you know, you would think that you would have more office etiquette. And like I kind of went off on her. And then um, what ended up happening is my boss ended up getting a better job, so he left. And then she filled his role. <laughs> She took over for him, and I was gone. So, 
you know, and it wasn't like I was being all ghetto in her face. I was like, like how I'm talking to you right now, you know, and she was probably taken back because I was young, you know, 20 years old. But it's like, even in a situation like that, like, it's just general electric, you know. And so I feel like any kind of atmosphere where you're working and it's like a you got to do what we say, there's always going to be that quote-unquote walking on eggshells kind of thing. Does it amplify when you're in show business? Absolutely, you know. Like, I would hear stories that you're not allowed to sneeze in front of Vince McMahon or he'll get, like, you'll get in trouble. (laughs) Now, I've heard it from so many people that I feel it's true. I've never had to sneeze in front of Vince McMahon, so I'm not quite sure. But I think it's really sad that you got a bunch of grown-ass men and women working for you that if they're talking to you and they get a little tickle in their nose because maybe, you know, sometimes at these uh, shows, you know, there might be some, like, dust and, you know, whatever. There's forklifts moving things around. You just never know. So it's like, a little dust gets in your nose. You can't sneeze, and you have to have, like, this anxiety that you can't sneeze. You can't be a human being and sneeze. I mean, I could see if you don't cover your mouth and your nose and you're, like, being gross. Like, that's just having manners. But to hear from so many people, so many people, like, famous-ass wrestlers that have been there for a long time, oh, yeah, that's true. If you sneeze, events will get pissed. What? <laughs> Why? <laughs> And it's the same thing in Hollywood. Like, you work with certain people on a set or on a photo shoot or whatever, and you've got these, like, picky-ass people, and because they're, like, successful in whatever they do, whether they're a director or an actor-actress or whatever, they feel entitled. And then that's where it gets scary with this stuff. Like, you can't sneeze in front of Vince McMahon. Oh, my goodness gracious. (laughs) Yeah, that reminds me of... uh... Brody Lee was doing uh, these segments on AEW where I think whether it's intentionally or unintentionally, it was making fun of Vince-isms like that, about sneezing in front of people. And it's just, it's interesting that you'd confirm that, uh, the rumor. Um, you said you were, uh, you'd like to people watch uh, at WWE. Like, was there any catering stories that you could talk about or just like examples of you people watching that you can share? You know, here's what's interesting. I used to watch people, their whole energy change when they talk to other people. And this isn't, I'll clear that up in a second. It's more so catering's a little bit different. Like, yeah, there's catering and things, whatever. But, you know, you, you also got people are eating or a lot of times that's when, like, Maybe Johnny Ace will sit next to you and talk to you about some business that you need to know about or whatever, right? Whereas I loved people watching when it was in the arena and I was in the stands and no one knew I was there. Because, duh, I'm a vampire. I should be doing stuff like that. Being in the shadows. So when I was in the shadows, um, I would see people, for example, um, somebody that sticks out to me is Undertaker. So I would see people kind of, okay, over here in a little group, and they're, like, goofing off, just being, like, silly, loving life. They're WWE wrestlers. They're doing awesome. They're just with their buddies having a good old time, right? And it would be warm-hearted, like, oh, look at them. I I would get jealous. I'd be like, oh, I wish I could be like that with somebody, you know, like with a group of people. 
And then I would see those same people 1,000% change their vibes in different ways when they go walk up to the undertaker. And it's, like, so interesting, their body language. Um, like, like, some of them don't want to interact with them, it seemed, as much. So they keep it a short conversation, whereas some maybe wanted a really long conversation with him where maybe he kind of looked like he didn't want it. And then some guys would go up to him, and it was like nothing the little group that got all weird around him, I see guys be like that with the undertaker. So it's like, you know, it's just crazy. It would trip me out. It was like, I almost would feel sometimes like, are they, as they say in the business, ribbing me? Like, do they know I'm watching? So it's like, they're, but and it's like, that's no, like they don't like, this is what's up. And it's just was so, so interesting. And again, it allowed me to kind of like have that Dorothy Gale moment of seeing like when Toto pulls that freaking curtain and you see, it's just the man behind, you know, the curtain. When I saw that being backstage at WWE, it just opened my eyes again. That's how life is. And I feel, especially when I came back to doing modeling and acting, um, sure. I lost some opportunities because I was smartened up now because I had been to Oz and saw it was just the man behind the curtain. But I also didn't waste my time or put myself in weird situations that I'd done before because I gave people too much benefit of the doubt because they knew how to talk. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's uh, interesting that you shared uh, Undertaker interactions because Undertaker's kind of opened up more this year for his documentary. And uh, he's he's probably my favorite of all time. So it's cool hearing you uh, share some uh, sharing some of your thoughts on the interactions he has backstage. And I wanted to ask you before I go, um, do you think uh, Kevin Thorne could have made money with Undertaker? Because I think the whole Vampire vs. Undertaker like uh, story I thought would have been great, especially with you involved. Um, You know, I think so, especially because from what I understand, they're buddies in real life. I'm pretty sure they still are. Um, and I feel like when you're like buddies outside of work with somebody and then you get put in a program with them in wrestling, you have some really magical moments. You know what I mean? And I think it's really awesome. Is everything you know it changes it because it almost makes you feel like at least for me it makes me feel like um you're a kid again and you're you're playing on the playground and you're pretending and I remember like back in the day like let's play wrestling like I'm this character and so like when you're especially like doing it professionally whether it's on the indies or you're on some tv uh, network or whatever um, when you're in there with your buddies, it's just different. And so I feel because they were buddies, there probably would have been something really cool there. You know what I mean? And um, the Undertaker never intimidated me. Um, I kind of felt like whenever I was around the other Undertaker, it's like the same way I felt about Vince McMahon. I watched a lot of people be fearful and straight out changed their whole vibe in front of these men for out of that fear. 
And then, like I said, I would see them goof around with their buddies who don't do that. And in between all that, I just saw, like, two dudes who it makes sense why people are scared of Vince. And, I mean, I don't – here's the thing. Like, this is why, like, people think I'm so contrived and everything. It's like, from what I hear, I don't know if it's true, (laughs) but, like, I feel like Undertaker has a lot of pool in WWE, and he has for, like, a long time. So, like, I can understand why people would be, like, a little, like, scared of him in that regard. But um, something I was talking about, you got to check it out. Uh, She posted it today. I'm going to actually retweet it after I'm done here. I did two collabs last week. One I did with Francine, and it's for her Patreon. And they gave me a copy, so I'm going to be putting it on my secret society. And then on Sunday, I collabed with Taylor Hendricks. And one of the things that I told her that, like, I guess I never really thought about until, like, we were talking was because I was – able to play a character that to me was not a character um I just showed up and did my job and like the things that really concerned me at that time was um like doing my job and crying over this guy that was like the guy I chased after for so long so that's where I spent my energy I wasn't spending my energy going oh, what can I do to get a match so I can get the women's title or, like, things like that. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know what I mean? Like, some people have their goals. To me, I was never, like, I want to be the champion or da-da-da. I was, like, sweet, you are going to make me the vampire? I am down. And if you guys want me to wrestle, I'm down to wrestle too. But, like, yes, that, that's, that to me was the ultimate. I didn't need a belt to tell me that, like, I was – like. I'm not, and I'm not dogging anyone that does. Like I said, everyone just has their different goals. So I felt that when I got hired and then I got to play that part, that was my, that was my championship belt. <laughs> so I wasn't, I didn't realize how much politicking was really going on around me because um, like when I would do the people watching, again, I was in the stand. So it was more about seeing people's body language, not so much hearing their conversations, right? So when people would politic, that was usually when I was like, especially at that time, because the guy that was like my secret boyfriend, he was on SmackDown. And so I would always be like, why can't we be like public with each other? <laughs> Bitching to him in the back. <laughs> Well, other people were like, oh, my spot, my spot. So it's so funny to me because, like, all this stuff was going on that I just didn't realize. And I feel at the end of the day it really kind of saved me from that and not getting, like, kind of lost in it. And I was able to just do my damn thing. So going back to The Undertaker, because that was the way I kind of looked at it, I – didn't feel like I needed to like prove myself to him or anything. It was just like, wow, that's the undertaker. Like I was a fan of his growing up. It's cool that he's my coworker now. He was really nice to me, you know? So, you know, whatever. Like I didn't really have that much interaction with him. So whatever. And um, so same thing with Vince. It was like, whatever, he's the boss. I get why people are scared of him, but, like, he told me I was doing a good job. So unless he says I'm not doing a good job, like, why bother the guy? Like, I really don't care. So 
I just care that he thinks I'm doing a good job. You know what I mean? So, like, to me, that was so interesting to see. But then I was able to, like I said, travel that into my everyday life of seeing how people interact with each other. And it's just, it's helped me in so many ways. I know I went on so many different tangents there, but, like, oh, no, you asked. (laughs) It says the collar dropped. Well, hopefully that, oh, there we go. Hey. Are you there? I think my call, I think, yeah. Yeah, I'm here. So anyway, there you go. (laughs) There's my long-winded answer to you. Yeah, I think my call failed in the middle of it, but I did hear what you were saying about kind of like the politics and the fear around Vince and Undertaker and just, and the interactions and yeah, it's some. Um, it's definitely uh, interesting to to get your uh, thoughts on that. And um, yeah, it's a shame that I thought Kevin could have probably worked with Undertaker twice because he did Mordecai too, and that didn't pan out either. Um, I, there was a rumor that he was gonna uh, have a program with Taker eventually. It's, it's very interesting how how that worked out, but um. Yeah, uh thank you for the for the time and um and all the stories and insight there. Oh my gosh, now I remember what my whole point was. So my whole point is is because I looked at the Undertaker as I mean, I respected that he was the Undertaker and like what he meant to the company, right? But I feel if he and Kevin worked together when I was with Kevin I feel like there would have been some really cool stuff between me and the undertaker because I feel I just would have just embraced 1 million percent the theatrics that goes into all of that. And then you throw in that, like it's me and Kevin and we had our own theatrics that we did. And that was an energy that we created and that like was amazing and like can't be duplicated just like the undertaker his vibe and who he is in wrestling, <clears throat> you know, there's only one Undertaker, you know? And guess what, bitches? There's only one Ariel. <laughs> and there's only <laughs> one Kevin Thorne, you know? Because Kevin Thorne's completely different than Gangrel. So I don't feel like even just because we're all vampires doesn't mean we're all the same. It's different. Just like I feel my vampire was different from even Kevin's. And even though we were together, we like my vibe was just a little bit different. So we all brought our own vibes to the table. So I feel with the theatrics of me and Kevin and the theatrics of the undertaker, it would have made one hell of a play. Yeah. I think that's definitely a interesting missed opportunity. Um, I do want to keep you uh, any longer, uh, but did want to, Thank you for the taking my call and answering my questions. Yeah, no problem. Give me a call next week. Yep. All right, and we have another caller, 702. What do you do? Who do you know who this is? Shelly, it's sexy, Shelly. It's a little Malcomania. Did, Did I that? hear that right? Did I hear that right? Yeah. Did, did you just say, it's Malcolm Arnie, brother? <laughs> <laughs> hey, Shelly, I got to tell you about this episode I watched on Dobie Gillis last night. Dobie uh, had his tonsils out, 
And then uh, uh, he, uh, because he had some carnage in his throat or something like carnage or whatever they call it, 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 it changed his throat and he was able to sing like, like the best singer, like kind of like Elvis, you know? So he, he gets a big head and the girl he's after, Thalia Manager, uh, Tuesday Weld, he brushes her off because he says, get this, he says, oh, guys like Ricky Nelson and Elvis and, and Fabian, we, we can't have girlfriends because, you know, the other girls won't follow us, you know, or stuff, stuff like that. I mean, this, it was so ridiculous, it made me laugh, you know? So, <laughs> That's a douchebag for you. Know. Anyways. <laughs> just to let you know, I did the premiere, but I had one line in the movie. All I said was, hey, Dave, can I have five more pictures? <laughs> I mean, how does that make you a star, Shelly? I got to go to drama class. I got to do what John Cena said. He was on an episode of Raw the same night. It was January, the first January on Raw. The same, in 2019, I was in Los Banos uh, having a new transmission put in my uh, car. Uh, and I was waiting for a week. But I was in this Holiday Inn. And uh, I'm watching Raw that night. And uh, Hogan was supposed to do a tribute to me and Gene Okerlund, and he did. But what John Cena said that night really got to me, Shelly. He said, you know, if you want something, you got to work for it. You know, you got to put an effort into it. Because he wanted to get into WrestleMania in 2019. So he's telling everybody, if you really want something, you got to, you know, and honest to God, Shelly, I want to meet John Cena someday. I mean, to me, you know, I know you don't like Hulk Hogan. But, you know, you told me, but I'm going to tell you, I, I think John Cena is the representative Hulk, Hulkamania from this generation. And represents the troops. He represents the military. You know, he represents the red, white, blue. You know, he's, he's honest. You know, he's just like Hulk, Hulk was, you know, he, but he didn't, uh, he didn't become, uh, uh, join the NWO and become a Hollywood Hogan. <laughs> he, he wasn't a heel, John Cena. So. And he's a good movie actor, you know. But, uh, yeah, and then... Uh, hold, on. To, uh, hold on a second. I'm going to have to cut you off real quick, okay? okay. We're going to have a little chit-chat right now, Malcolm. Malcolm. <laughs> so, you mean to tell me that you're calling to bitch you had one line when there's so many people out there that would kill, no. kill to have no. that one line, no. and you're over there talking about how it's just one line. I don't. I don't know what's wrong with you, Malcolm. Because that's not very cool, dude. That's not very I was trying to tell you that I had one line, and I want to. If I'm going to do something with David Arquette, I told Dave this. He called me the Wednesday after Friday, the 21st. I forget what day it was. You know, actually, it was like 24th to 25th. You know, of August. And I, Dave says, "Were you okay with the premiere?" And I said, "Dave, I had one line." I said, I want to go to drama class because I want to do something more, something more with David Arquette. He's my best friend, and I, I want to, sh- you know, I want to show some dignity, uh, you know, in some acting. That I, what I really want to do, Shelley, when I start drama class, I want to, I want to do some Shakespeare. I've talked to a lot of actors and actresses, and you know, I want to get up, I want to get up on stage at 50 someday. To be or not to be, that is the question. Let's get really into it. Yeah. So. Absolutely. That, I love that. Well, here's the thing. Do me a favor. Will you do yeah. me a favor? Yes. 
Who the F cares about David Arquette's opinion about you and your work? You no, need to no, just go no. to drama. No, 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 no. Let me finish. You're saying okay. you want to prove to him and all this. No, who cares? You go to drama class because your soul wants to perform and be over the top, and that is perfect for theater. That's why you love wrestling. I get it. So I just want you to remove that thought and just, that's fine with your buddy, and that's cool, but this is about me. This is about you, dude. (laughs) Yeah, but Shelly, you didn't say it right. You got to say it like this guy would say it. This doesn't matter. What? <laughs> I, I met The Undertaker one time and I did a Hogan for him, signing my Hulk Hogan jacket, 89 vintage jacket. And Victor Pritchard was from Gemini Sports Card. He said, Don't ask uh, The Undertaker to sign anything on Hulk Hogan. So I asked Mark to sign it for me. And I did, while he was signing, I did the Hogan voice for him. And I made The Undertaker laugh. And every, every wrestling fan there at Rankin says, would just tell me, Hey, Malcolm, that's, that's a rarity. He doesn't even laugh. You know, so like I really feel good about that, Shelly. Oh, you brought some crazy sunshine to his little dark heart. That's cute. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if when you know, Shelly, every wrestler, whether the female or male, independent or pro, if they had the courage to put on a pair of boots and get in that squared circle, I have total respect for them. You know, I mean, I wouldn't, I would never think of, you know, like some people want to challenge wrestlers, you know, because they want to be a big shot. I would never think of that because every wrestler I've met, and even the ones I haven't met, like Braun Strowman, John Cena, I have total respect for. And Ratboy is challenging a friend of mine who I've met three times. His name is Bobby Lashley, the dominator, the walking Armageddon, TNA. And Bobby Lashley's my friend. And you know what, Shelly? I I may have to get a one-way ticket to New Jersey and, and and exterminate a rat. So, I'm sorry. All right. All right. Bobby Lashley's my you, friend. You let me know how that works out for you. <laughs> Sexy Shelly, I'm out of here, okay? All right. You have a good one. All right. Bye. Bye. Oh, my goodness gracious. <laughs> Well, you guys, that's all I got in for me today. I hope you had a fun time here hanging out with me. Um, You know, I've been working a lot on my stuff. If you go to Shelly TV, there's a lot of free stuff on there that I've been posting. Um, You got to check it out. Like, I've really been having a lot of fun over there on my uh, Shelly TV because it's kind of like, I don't know. It's just... I don't even know how to explain it. It's just one of those things, like, I just feel like I'm really connecting with my community over there, and it's really awesome. I guess, what you know what it is? What I was hoping to gain with YouTube, but heard about, is like, it just wasn't that. I'm finding that in my Shelly TV audience, which is really awesome. It's free to join. You do have to sign up for a, an account, but it's free. And I don't just post um, videos there, but I've been posting photos as well, little teasers on my OnlyFans Premium. If you're more into my sexy content, you should go check that out. That's OnlyFans.com forward Shelly Martinez. Um, got a lot of fun stuff going on over there. It's only $10 a month, and you get new content every single day. I post like three posts yesterday. I think I post a photo set and then another picture and then a video. 
so there's lots of things going on over there. And something that I said in the video I posted last night for my OnlyFans premium page is the more people that sign up, the more I get inspired to create. So that's why I've been, like, at first I was just, oh, you know, just one picture a day. And then I was like, oh, two for Tuesday, I'll do that. And then it just has been growing from there. And that's what she said. And then we have my, of course, Secret Society, ShellySecretSociety.com, on its new format. Go check it out. It is $20 a month for the basic membership, or you can join my Bite Club for 100 but you get $20, $25 off your first month, so you should check that out. Oh, and you get um, half off your first month for my Secret Society. There you'll find not just sexy content, but my exclusive vlogs, um, full-on lingerie hauls, things like that. So, you know, if you're you're more into, like, the ultimate Shelly fan club, that's where you go over there. And, of course, i got my YouTube channel. Who can't forget the good old people at YouTube, right? Mm. Anyways, that's YouTube.com forward Shelly Martinez channel. I post a video today, actually, earlier. Um, I posted, I actually posted it last night, and then I queued it for this morning. I don't even remember what I talked about, to be honest with you. <laughs> I don't remember what I talked about, but I look cute in it, so go check it out. And my daily vlog channel, it's linked in on the videos for my um, main channel because I don't have a custom URL for it yet. That's where you guys come in. I need at least a thousand subscribers for that. So you should check that out as well. And if you don't care, that's fine too, because it's a lot. And you know what? I get tired of myself too. Anyways, I'll be back next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. I just want to say positive vibes, love and light to all of you. And of course, don't forget about those vampire bites. All right, everyone. I'll talk to you later. Adios.